Thank you for listening to the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care Podcast. The iCritical Care Podcast is copyrighted material and all rights are reserved. Statements of fact and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of authors and participants and do not imply an opinion on the part of the Society of Critical Care Medicine or its officers or members. Your host is Margaret Parker, MD, FCCM, guest podcast editor for pediatrics. Dr. Parker is director of the Pediatric Intensive Care Unit at Stony Brook University in Stony Brook, New York. She also is a professor of pediatrics at Stony Brook University Medical Center. To contact the editorial staff of the iCritical Care podcast with questions, comments, or ideas, please email info at sccm.org. Hello, and welcome to the Society of Critical Care Medicine's iCritical Care podcast. Today is Tuesday, February 20th, 2007. I'm your host, Dr. Margaret Parker. In our podcast today, we will be speaking with Christopher Carroll, MD, about an article published in the 2007 Pediatric Critical Care Medicine titled, Childhood Obesity Increases Duration of Therapy During Severe Asthma Exacerbations. Dr. Carroll is a pediatric intensivist at Connecticut Children's Medical Center, and we are happy to have him here with us today. Dr. Carroll, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Both obesity and asthma are growing problems in children in the United States. Would you tell us about the study you did looking at the relationship between asthma and obesity in children? What were you looking at, and how did you do the study? Well, as you said, obesity is a is a big and growing problem in the U.S. Um, it is, uh, and asthma is also a big and growing part of the, um, uh, is also a big and growing admission diagnosis in pediatric ICUs. Asthma is actually our most common admission diagnosis in our pediatric ICU. We admit about 50 children a year with a severe asthma exacerbation, and we only, we, and, and we, uh, Patients with continuous nebulizers can be on a regular ward, so we really admit quite a few severe asthma patients in our institution. The prevalence of asthma in the Hartford area is estimated to be over 50%, which is really quite extraordinary. Um, so we decided to look at how these two growing factors were related uh, obesity and asthma. We did a retrospective review of our patients. We looked at 209 children who were admitted to the ICU with asthma over a seven-year period. And we looked at their weight uh, for age percentiles, and we found that 45 or 22 percent of the children were obese. And then we compared the outcomes between obese children and non-obese children. the obese children were somewhat older than the non-obese children, uh, 10 years versus 8 years. They were somewhat more likely to be Hispanic, and they were somewhat more likely to have persistent asthma. But despite su- similar severity of illnesses on admission by uh, clinical asthma score, obese children had a significantly longer ICU and hospital length of stay. Their ICU le- obese children's ICU length of stay was uh, 116 hours plus or minus 125 hours compared to non-obese ICU length of stay of 69 hours plus or minus 57 hours. Uh, And this association persisted on uh, stepwise multiple regression analysis. Your findings are very interesting, but one might raise questions about the difference in in the study group or the choice of the primary outcome measures. Um, Can you address the limitations of the study as you see them? Yes. Yes. 
in our study, obese children did have more persistent asthma than non-obese children. However, this more persistent asthma was not associated with increased length of stay. The length of stay was more directly related to illness acuity on admission. As you know, a choice of a primary outcome measure is difficult in pediatrics. We're limited somewhat by the fact that we can't ask critically ill children to do spirometry or peak flow measures or other measures of pulmonary function. It's sometimes very difficult to get children to cooperate, especially when they're critically ill. The length of stay is influenced by a variety of non-physiologic variables. However, we, we did link length of stay with other outcome variables that aren't really impacted by these other confounders. Um, we looked at duration of continuous albuterol and duration of oxygen therapy, and these therapies were weaned on a 24-hour-a-day basis uh, and not really related to nursing staffing issues or whether the patient needed to, to leave the ICU because another admission was coming in. So the fact that we were able to link length of stay with these other variables suggests that length of stay was a valid outcome measure. What other kinds of problems did the children have? How do you relate the obesity with the increased uh, severity of asthma? Are there other health problems that the obese children had that might confuse things? They certainly could have. We didn't look at that in this retrospective analysis. Uh, Some of the the common health-related issues for obesity, such as upper airway obstruction, gastroesophageal reflux, obstructive sleep apnea, weren't assessed retrospectively, we couldn't give a good answer about which questions were asked of those patients. Um, So this could have led to a significantly increased length of stay. I think you would need a a prospective study where someone actually looked at that to be able to answer that question. Are there data that suggest that there is a link between asthma and obesity or conversely to uh, suggest that there is no such link? Well, this is a really controversial area, certainly because of the concomitant uh, rises in uh, incidents, people have really looked carefully at this. There have been a number of authors who've looked at this. One, Romeu et al., I apologize if I didn't pronounce their name correctly. They did a cross-sectional study of of almost 8,000 U.S. children using the NHANES data. Um, They found an association between obesity and the diagnosis of asthma. Obese children were more than three times more likely to have a diagnosis of asthma than non-obese children. But there have been other studies where they have not found an association. Looking at the CAMP data, they found no association between BMI or asthma symptoms. Although in that study, the BMI increase was associated with a decreased FEV1 to FVC ratio. Other investigators like Schachter, who published in Thorax in 2003, looked at 6,000 Australian children and found that BMI was not an increased risk factor for asthma or airway hyperresponsiveness. So really the jury is still out on, on how these two factors are related, but certainly our study suggests that obese children with asthma have more health-related consequences. It's not really designed to tell how they're related. Pathophysiologically, how might asthma and obesity be related? Well, there's, there's several reasons that they may be related. Obesity does lead to a pro-inflammatory state. There are pro-inflammatory cytokines produced by fat cells such as leptin, TNF-alpha, interleukin-6, TGF-beta, and uh, CRP. Those have all been found to be elevated um, and produced by fat cells. The hormone leptin, which is produced by fat cells, has been linked to obesity hypoventilation syndrome and to asthma in children by several authors. And this pro-inflammatory state has been hypothesized to lead to altered lung development, altered Th1, Th2 balance, altered immune response, and that could potentially impact the development of asthma. What other questions are raised by your study? I think there's several questions that are uh, raised by our study. 
we don't really understand why asthma symptoms seem to be more severe in obese children or why there was failure to respond to appropriate therapy in these obese children. Another potential reason that, obe- that these obese children could have had longer lengths of stay is that they could have had altered pulmonary mechanics. Obesity has been known to reduce your respiratory um, system compliance. It reduces lung volumes, particularly expiratory reserve volume. It reduces your airway diameter, and it incre- and it de- you have increased pulmonary blood flow and increased um, ventilation to perfusion mismatch with obesity. If the effects of obesity were predominantly mechanical, the differences in pulmonary mechanics might help to explain the differences in response to the bronchodilator therapy that these patients received. Also, I think our study raises questions about the effects of obesity on critical illness in children. Are obese children more prone to critical illness? We don't know about that. Do obese children have more severe lung injury or ARDS when they develop these diseases? We also don't know that. Um, Are they more likely to develop organ failure? And what's the impact on the development of hyperglycemia during critical illness in children? Hyperglycemia is a really hot topic right now in critical care. Are obese children more likely to develop that? I suspect they are. It seems like they are in our population. Um, But these are all interesting questions that I think are going to need to be answered. Um, Do you have any final comments today, Dr. Carroll? How do do the findings of your study affect the way that you approach children with severe asthma? Is there any difference now that you have this relationship with obesity and and the length of treatment for asthma? I think it just reinforces the fact that we need to be we need to be very proactive in our patients with asthma about trying to prevent obesity. There's a natural inclination in children and in parents to, when they have asthma, to not want to do as much physical activity, to not want to do exercise, because it makes their symptoms worse and they'll need more medicine. But I think it's very important that this study really shows that that the development of obesity in patients with asthma can have severe health-related consequences. So this provides a little bit of evidence to be able to say to, to parents and to families, it is important to keep these kids active, to prevent obesity, to work on exercise programs, because once you developed really severe obesity, it's very difficult to get, to get rid of it and to lose that weight. Well, thank you very much for speaking with us today, Dr. Carroll. Thank you. We have been speaking today with Christopher Carroll, MD, Pediatric Intensivist at Connecticut Children's Medical Center, about the Pediatric Critical Care Medicine article, Childhood Obesity Increases Duration of Therapy During Severe Asthma Exacerbations. This concludes our podcast. Look for future podcasts featuring a wide variety of information important to critical care practitioners, including interviews with authors and discussions with prominent members of the critical care community. If you have comments, questions, or ideas for future podcasts, please call the Society of Critical Care Medicine's audio feedback line at 1-847-493-6498 to share your thoughts. Pediatric Critical Care Medicine is the official journal of the Society of Critical Care Medicine, offering the latest information about critical care to healthcare professionals, as well as continuing education credit. Members of the pediatric section receive PCCM as a member benefit. For more information, visit www.sccm.org. Thanks again for listening. Discover successful strategies on how to achieve the maximum benefits of nutrition therapy at the 6th Summer Conference in Intensive Care Medicine. Nutrition as a Therapeutic Agent to Improve Critical Care Outcomes. 
to be held June 14th through the 16th, 2007, in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Developed by the Society of Critical Care Medicine and the European Society of Intensive Care Medicine, this conference will cover topics such as the benefits and limitations of select nutrients, successful strategies involved in enteral and parenteral nutrition therapy, and similarities and differences in international nutrition guidelines. Register today by visiting www.sccm.org or calling 1-847-827-6888.